BAM Radio Network. The only thing worse than losing a power struggle is oftentimes winning one. I think we get into trouble when we when we expect a complete shift in behavior, and we all too mm-hmm. often do. Welcome to Classroom Q&A. This is Larry Ferlazzo. What teacher doesn't, at one point or another, face a classroom management challenge, or many of them? How can we respond to these challenges in a positive way that teaches and builds relationships and that isn't counterproductive? Today, educators Karen Baptiste and Jonica Cassetta join me in, a, in discussing potential effective strategies. Welcome, Karen and Jana. And what was the biggest classroom management you faced in your career, and how did you handle it? Karen? Uh, so being a, a teacher of students who demonstrated special needs, I didn't always have the time or opportunity that I would have liked to engage with my, my students outside of instruction. And that, in fact, became a problem um, in itself. Uh, Because there were struggles there because that relationship building piece is so essential in being able to effectively reach scholars, especially when we talk about disenfranchised youth. That was something that my students could have benefited from and I most definitely could have benefited from, you know, and I I remember Mm -hmm. always telling my students, I remember (laughs) telling my scholars that, um, you know, I've learned from them way more than they probably ever learned from me. Um, And I think that's key for educators. Great. Uh, Jana, what's your story? Well, early in my teaching career, I had a super large classroom of students who were fifth and sixth graders, and they had such diverse needs, both behaviorally and academically, and because I was new, I didn't have all the tools that I needed to make them feel like they had real academic competence, which is my job to do as a teacher, or to really allow them to have some autonomy in the classroom. So I really approached it in a very sort of micromanaging way, which probably wasn't the best approach. Mm-hmm. What worked for me was that I was able to spend lots of time with them as, as the classroom teacher and was able to build some really solid relationships that got me through those first couple of years of teaching. Mm-hmm. And I was able to spend some non-traditional academic and non-academic time with them to show students who were having a hard time that I cared and was available. And I think that that allowed me to get through the year in a way that wasn't totally um, unsuccessful, but I've certainly developed many other tools since then that I wish I had at that point. I know when I reflect back on my biggest mistake, and I'm going to be asking each of you, about what your biggest classroom management mistake has been. I think about it in the context of, a, of saying that the, the only thing worse than losing a power struggle is oftentimes winning one. And that any, my, my, big, my biggest mistakes are whenever I turn any problem into a power struggle. Uh, a perfect example of that is, you know, we all saw the video in uh, South Carolina of the police being called in because a s- student wouldn't give up their phone instead of just waiting to deal with it the next day or later in the day. So I'd like to know from each of you to share uh, briefly what was the biggest mistake you have made in the classroom and what would be a alter- successful alternative strategy. And if you can keep it as short as possible, that would be great. I'll start with uh, Jana. Sure. I think my, my biggest mit- mistake is probably similar to yours, Larry, in that... In the earlier part of my career, I definitely drew lines in the sand with both children and their parents 
when it came to misbehavior. And if I had children who repeatedly or consistently misbehaved, I definitely communicated to them a belief that they weren't capable of behaving and put lots of responsibility on the parent to control behavior. And certainly if I could change that, and I I have changed that just the way that I think about that later in my career, I think about it much more practically about what tool can I give a child on this day and even in this moment in this classroom setting that's going to help him make it um, through the next small chunk of instructional time in a way that allows him to feel like I believe in his capability and in a way that makes him feel like he has some competence. Um, and I think that's really key that kids always need to feel like we, we have a belief in them and we're going to give them small new tools that they can try out. I think we get into trouble when we, when we expect a complete shift in behavior and we all mm-hmm. too often do. Okay. And Karen, your turn. Like Jana, I think about those relationships and that was the missing link and just really carving out time dedicated to getting to know my students and their families and the communities that they live in. I came in with a bias um, that, you know, some, some of my students, I felt, oh, no, they'll never meet the expectations. And, you know, and that's that's a fault of my own. And unfortunately, I can't go back and undo that. But moving forward in my practice, just thinking about what I've learned and grew from that how I've grown from that point is really thinking about how can I and my practice now continue to work with teachers in developing those key relationships with students and their families. Um, So at CT3, I think of the work I do now, right? We train teachers to be proactive with their classroom management. And so our work around being a no-nonsense nurturer focuses on building those life-altering relationships with youth. Right. So the more clear a teacher is, the more precise they are with their directions and actually noticing students that are following directions and they try to help every student find success, then the better off their classroom would be. Um, a lot of times you get into that power struggle, but remaining calm, the calmer the adult stays, the calmer the student will get. Well, that's you know? good, adv- good, good advice. And that leads into sort of our lightning round. Uh, which is to be thinking about a good, simple guideline for a teacher to keep in mind when handling a classroom management in general or a classroom management challenge. For me, Marvin Marshall, who's written a lot about positive classroom management strategies, wrote something that's stayed with me for many years. He said, is what you're going to do now going to push the student away or deepen the relationship with that student and to always push towards deepening it, which doesn't mean you can't challenge or have consequences, but how you approach it is the key. So I found that helpful for me. So the lightning round is 30 seconds or less, your guideline for a teacher to keep in mind in dealing with classroom management issues. Karen? So a lot of times I find that uh, teachers don't humanize themselves for their students. And so just going back to what I've said earlier, those authentic relationships are so essential for traditionally (laughs) disenfranchised youth, but all students. And then the more that teachers work on building these relationships, actually their job satisfaction will increase. And then you see more positive culture and environments throughout the school. Great. And Jana? Uh, I think that... Too often, teachers believe that kids should know how to do something that they actually don't know. 
And so I think a, a really key piece of advice for teachers is to be very explicit about expectations and to give children frequent feedback about whether or not they are meeting expectations and to give positive feedback and specific feedback four times as much as any other kind of feedback like redirecting behavior. Great. Well, I'd like to thank Karen Baptiste and Jana Cassetta for participating in today's discussion on classroom management strategies. They've both also contributed written uh, thoughts on this topic in my Education Week teacher column. Thanks again, Karen and Jana. Thanks for listening to Classroom Q&A. I'm Larry Ferlazzo. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.